Hello, listeners. It's Lawrence Coletti, executive producer of Legal Talk Network. I want to tell you about one of our longest-running and most informative shows, The Digital Edge. Each month, our expert hosts Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway talk with renowned authors, speakers, and legal technology gurus about tools, tips, and tricks for running a successful legal practice. If you're seeking a competitive advantage for your firm, make sure to catch The Digital Edge on our website at LegalTalkNetwork.com, in Apple Podcasts, or on your favorite podcasting app. And now, on to the show. Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hey there. Welcome to what promises to be yet another fantastic episode of the Legal Toolkit here on Legal Talk Network. If you were looking for the Star Wars The Last Jedi convention, I'm sorry. You're really nerdy. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're the ghost of Rod Serling, you know I need to stop binge-watching old Twilight Zone episodes on Netflix. Curse you, Netflix, and chill. As always, I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I am the founder and CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting and technology services for law firms. Check us out at redcavelegal.com, R-E-D-C-A-V-L-E-G-A-L.com to learn more. You can also buy my book, Twitter in One Hour for Lawyers, from the American Bar Association on iTunes, at Amazon, and probably at Rizzoli and Isles Books in Manhattan. Here on the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about how the state of the legal field looks to millennials. Uh, millennials being young people that I have literally no connection to, but we're going to do this anyway. But before I introduce today's guests, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. Answer One is the leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or visiting them online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer1.com. Scorpion delivers award-winning law firm web design and online marketing programs to get you more cases. Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and grow their practices. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. This podcast is also brought to you by Amicus Attorney, developers of legal practice management software. Let Amicus help you run your practice so you can focus on what you do best, practice law. Visit amicusattorney.com and get started today. So today, just for you, yes, you, Richard, I've invited Drew Rosso and Elon Fields in to talk with me. First, Drew Rosso is an associate attorney at Gregory M. Gant Company, LPA, where in addition to their general practice, Drew's passion lies in the areas of cyberspace law and intellectual property law. He's a native of Dallas, Texas, and a graduate of the University of Dayton School of Law. He received his bachelor's degree from Hofstra University's Zarb School of Business in Hempstead, New York. Drew's also a contributor for the Huffington Post and writes on several different areas in cyberspace and tech law. You can contact him on his website at www.dayton-lawyers.net and or follow his official Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash drosso, D-R-O-S-S-O-W law. 
Wow, you have an official Facebook page. That's impressive, Drew. Can I head up your fan club? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, t- send me the application form. I also heard you were a Star Wars fan, so we threw that in there for you, just for you at the beginning. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Elon Fields is a traveler, a problem solver, and a thinker. He recently moved to New York City to launch his startup, Gideon, a mission-driven legal technology company that leverages machine learning and artificial intelligence to help lawyers modernize their legal practices, enabling them to operate at their highest quality and capacity and ensuring that clients get accurate and personalized care. And I'm assuming that's named after the Gideon versus Wainwright case and not some random dude named Gideon. Elon has also investigated issues regarding access to justice in the civil legal system as a Watson scholar and as starting block as a fellow since early 2016. Before that, he worked as a fellow on Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. Sorry about that, my friend. Uh, He has also successfully bootstrapped a buy-sell-trade automotive business, organized a cross-country tour promoting sustainable fuels, traveled around the globe, immersing himself in divergent communities and cultures, and volunteered with impact-focused initiatives. Did a whole hell of a lot more than I did when I was in my mid-20s. But my question, Elon, is can you fix my car? Of course. Nice. This is good. So now I know who I'm going to my next Star Wars convention with, and I got somebody to fix my car. Beautiful. So welcome to the show, guys. Drew and Elon. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. All right. So let's jump into it here. A lot of people talk about how the legal industry has an old white guy problem, and like I'm one to talk. If you haven't noticed, there are a lot of old white dudes who practice law. So I decided to solve that problem by interviewing two young white guys. I know, I know we're getting there, but in all seriousness, and here's a teaser also, I'm working on a show about diversity in the legal field, it's just not this one. So today we have Drew, who's a lawyer, and Elon, who's a non-lawyer who sells services to lawyers. They are both young, they're in their 20s, and they don't get any of my cultural references, or at least not a lot of them. And so what they're here to do is to give the millennials perspective on the legal industry. So let's start with Drew. Drew, can you pick one thing? What is the most backward thing of all the things you've seen in the legal industry? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Well, I'm sure you'll love this answer, as all lawyers say, or most lawyers say, is, you know, it depends. <laughs> but it depends on the day. Very nice. Um, if I had to isolate one in particular, it would be the lack of understanding of technology, even mm-hmm. in the office setting. Yeah. That's good. I understand. I feel, I feel your pain. Trust me. <laughs> All right. So let's move to Elon. Elon, can you pick one thing that you think is backward about the legal industry? Sure. For me, it comes down to the fact that for millions of Americans, legal representation is cost prohibitive. And 80% of those eligible for federally funded legal aid are unable to get their civil legal deeds met. Access to justice should be understood as a human right. Yet we live in a country where there's a fatal disconnect between the laws on the books and access to those laws and their protections. Increasingly more people are going into court self-represented and far too many of them are losing their homes, their jobs, custody of their children, and are being victimized by discrimination and consumer rights violations due to a lack of legal representation. And as Drew said, the legal industry is failing to keep up with emerging technologies and utilize digital age resources and tools leaving law firms and legal aid organizations to rely on inefficient manual processes. Oh, you brought stats. I really like that, by the way. I heard 80% in there. Um, All right, so I think this is a good topic to hit on for a little bit. So let's continue this discussion about technology and also about how that affects access to justice. So Drew, like specifically with respect to what you've seen in your practice and how other lawyers practice, how well or poorly do lawyers deal with technology issues in terms of like the substantive 
practice. You know, I'm sure you're going to get really tired of this answer and hopefully not throw me out of the show, but, you know, I think no, it depends <laughs> on the lawyer. <laughs> and that is a magical word, is it depends. But at mm-hmm. least in my experience practicing, you're talking about an old-school conservative mindset of the traditional lawyer versus a younger, newer generation of millennials such as myself and, and Elon coming in and changing the game a little bit or trying to update the game. And I think there's a constant struggle and conflict between, you know, what's worked in the past has worked, but is it time to change? Is it time to update? And you're going against that saying of, if it's not broken, you know, why fix it? And so you're in a unique position where you're a younger attorney working with an older, more established attorney. How do you resolve those issues in your practice on a day-to-day basis? Sure. You know, working with Greg, it's been a great experience. And I, I think, you know, he, he's much more attuned to the technology era. And, you know, it's not the traditional conservative mindset, but there's a lot that I learned from him. He learns from me. And, you know, we try to keep each other on, on track and involved in as much as we can. And I, I think it takes two minds who are open to learning new things and you know, there's a saying of learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And there's going to be situations where a new attorney or a a business owner is in situations that may not, you know, he may not be used to or may not have been trained for. And because the times have changed, the realm of technology is changing, you have to kind of dive in a little bit. And so you do feel, it sounds like, that older or more experienced attorneys do have something to offer in terms of technology and technology management, so long as they have an open mind, including uh, Absolutely. with respect to working with younger attorneys. Absolutely, and not just that mindset of, I've done this for so many years, this is how it works, versus, yes, I've done this for so many years, it works. However, because the times are changing, maybe there are more efficient ways to accomplish this. Maybe we take bits and pieces from one method and combine it with bits and pieces of another method and come up with a more modernized type method or strategy on moving forward and and practicing. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. So, Elon, turning to you now. Do you think lawyers are doing a better job of adopting technology in their law practices from the perspective of a vendor? Yes, I think the legal industry is evolving, and as such, law firms are adopting new technologies at an increasing rate. And studies show that law firms that have changed their approaches to staffing, service delivery, and pricing models are consistently likely to see improved gross revenue. But there is still pushback, and the legal industry is slow to adopt emerging technologies. You know, the legal system is is based on precedent, which by its nature discourages innovation. There is a general lack of knowledge on the part of law firms as to what role legal technology can have and how it can enhance their practices. However, as the benefits of legal technology is becoming widely recognized, this is becoming less of an issue. In addition, the billable hour mentality, the structure of law firms themselves, management being dispersed and long sales cycle... Uh, mm-hmm. And the need to integrate new solutions with existing systems and security concerns continue to be an impediment for legal tech companies. And just furthermore, the pressure from clients to have a more transparent, efficient, and affordable legal system is sure to continue to influence more and more legal practices to improve their operational systems and their methods of delivering legal services. So you kind of think this has to do with the way that law firms bill as well. And it sounds like you believe the more firms move away from hourly billing, the more innovative they might be in terms of technology. 
Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely a trend to move away from the status quo that, that, you know, services have to be billed hourly and looking at alternatives through unbundling legal services and fixed prices and that clients and legal consumers as a whole are, are really interested in that change. Yeah, and the unbundling thing is sort of access to justice leads to charge on that. Is that your view as well? Yeah, I think it offers uh, a huge potential to increase the capacity for legal service providers, both in the legal aid community and the private bar, to service low and moderate income populations. Yep, you reduce the price, you distill the representation, people can more likely afford it. All right, this is great. We're off to a great start here, but let's be efficient. Let's take a break. Here's what you should be buying. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Not getting enough cases from the internet or the kind of cases you want? Scorpion can help. Over the last 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and grow their practices. During this time, Scorpion has won over 100 awards for its law firm website design and online marketing success. Join the thousands of law firms that partner with Scorpion and start getting more cases today. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Thanks so much for coming back. Do you feel well-rested? We're resetting here with Drew Rosso and Elon Fields, who are providing us with a millennial perspective on law practice and law practice management. So guys, let's move forward and talk a little bit about events or trends of cultural significance that are affecting law practices, which may not be related to the law. An example that I see in this case a lot is people are talking about Uber and how that has changed the economy generally and also how law firms have had to react to companies like that gaining in popularity. So let's start with Elon this time. What kind of trends or cultural events do you see that are affecting law practices that the lawyers may not even know about or understand? Sure. Today's legal consumers are different. And to speak specifically about the millennial generation, you know, we have different habits when it comes to searching for and evaluating legal options. We're expecting services to be personalized to our needs, to have easier access points, and to have fixed prices on legal services, among others. And on the lawyer side, and I'll let Drew to speak to this more, um, but millennial lawyers are starting to become partners of firms or head up legal departments, and they are typically more tech savvy and more knowledgeable about legal technology and are thus more incentivized to implement it in their legal practices. And lastly, legal technology is starting to make its mark in law schools, training the next generation of lawyers to be well-versed in applications and the potential for legal tech to provide new models and platforms for helping their clients. Oh, that's a good point. You covered a lot of ground there. Drew, <laughs> what is left for you? Well, I, I have to agree with Elon and what he said. I think he makes a couple good points. And just to add on to what Elon said, I think with today's climate in terms of the tech industry, at least from a legal perspective or a law firm's perspective, we're concerned with security and maintaining mm-hmm. client documents, uh, preserving firm uh, documents and and matters. And I think with today's security breaches, such as the recent WannaCry worm and the NSA, 
uh, the recent Chipotle hackings, and I believe Kmart was one of the latest businesses that have been breached or had its data breached. You know, I, th- I think it's a wake-up call to law firms, to businesses, and, you know, even more to, to law schools who are, you know, teaching millennials and, and students what it takes to ensure that your client is is happy. And, and I think above all else is making sure that they trust that their lawyer is preserving their information, their matter is confidential to the best of its ability. And I think every day there's there's a new security breach, and I think it's a huge wake-up call, as I said, for firms to see what mechanisms they have in place or what data policies they have in place to ensure that they are as secure as, as they can be. That's an excellent point. I think the data security issue is something the law firms don't worry about enough. And for those who haven't seen it, there's new ABA ethics opinion on this topic, formal opinion 477 that you should check out. Although I have to say, like, I would rather have Chipotle, like, data getting hacked rather than, like, they're hacking people's colons when they had that norovirus outbreak. Um, That was bad news. (laughs) I haven't been to Chipotle for quite a while. I don't think we're getting them as a sponsor. Anyway, um, Elon, let's move back to you. What current advantage do you think machine learning specifically offers for law firms? Because that's a hot topic for lawyers right now. But again, it's not something that a lot of them understand effectively. Yeah, yeah. Advances in machine learning are and will continue to make the law much easier to navigate. Um, It is being used for due diligence review, legal research, document drafting, contract analysis, predicting litigation outcomes, and a variety of other tasks. Machine learning applications are not specific to any one practice and are effects tools. Uh, This technology really helps lawyers and their clients achieve greater efficiency, productivity, and cost savings. Not bad. That's pretty good. In terms of continuing on this line, discussing trends, Drew, let's talk a little bit about email. I mean, I don't know how you feel about email. I hate email. And I'm an old guy. So why do you think email sucks so much? And are there better communication alternatives out there that firms should be considering? Well, you're not the worst with email. You've always answered me, so I, I can't speak on behalf of everybody else. But, <laughs> I hate uh, email. I just, I just, I use it. I don't like it. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be a better alternative out there. And does email work? Sure, it does. Um, you know, there's no one service that does something that the other does not. However, if I had to pick, you know, there's new platforms such as Slack or Trillion that are starting to incorporate the inter-office communication. I think Slack has come about recently where whatever the business is, you can set up your own type of inter-office group and you have different channels for different divisions of the business or the firm. I've started to incorporate that into our firm and I know a couple of my buddies and other professional colleagues are using that as well. And I think you know, everybody's going to have their own preference, but there's always going to be something better out there, and it's a matter of what works for the individual. So that's a great example. So you're using Slack in your firm where you work with an attorney who's more experienced, older than you are. So before we leave this topic, can you talk to people a little bit about how Slack works? Because I'm not sure everybody who's listening knows what it is. Sure. Uh, Slack is a chat client or chat platform similar to that of an AOL Instant Messenger, an MSN Messenger, or Yahoo Messenger. However, it's the more updated platform to where you have what's called a team. So if we are a law firm 
or a business, this company ABC has its team called ABC. Within this team are members or employees or staff, whatever they are. And within this team or within this chat client, you have different channels. So there could be a marketing channel, there could be a legal channel, there could be an accounting channel, the finance channel, the HR channel, whatever it could be. And each channel, you have the ability to join, leave, whatnot, and the relevant members of those divisions are within those channels. And that's how they you know, communicate back and forth. You can send documents and files, and you have the ability to directly message anyone within the team to where you have a huge network of members and communication. And, you know, I've started it here. I use it a lot more. I think we use Trillion mm-hmm. as an office more than we do Slack. And I'm a part of the lawyer Slack group started by Keith Lee. And Yeah, that's a popular one. Associates Mind, right? Associates Mind, yes. Yeah. So that's the main Slack group that I'm a part of, and we have our different channels. It's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to stay in touch with people within your own business. And, you know, there's always going to be different alternatives, but I know Slack has become very popular in the past year. Yeah, so you use Slack for internal communications. Do you ever use it to communicate with clients, or are you concerned about data security issues? I think you nailed it right there. I have not used it with clients. I'm a little hesitant on that, and, you know, it's, it's more for their sake than it is mine and it comes down to reliability and what happens if the client's unavailable or you send something to the wrong person there's just too much risk in that now i'm not saying it can't work it's just something i haven't explored as much yet that's fair okay i I just want people to know that i still like qdoba so i'll just throw that out there all right on that note qdoba is good right yeah all right on that note we're going to take another break we're going to hit the sponsor read, and then we'll come right back. These days, law firms need to do more with less. Making this happen requires efficient, cost-effective tools that work the way that you do. Available as a desktop or cloud solution, Amicus Attorney Practice Management Software improves the organization of your firm and drives your bottom line. Visit amicusattorney.com to discover how you can join the thousands of lawyers who rely on Amicus every day to run their practices. All right, now you learned about some more cool products, and you've come back, and we're still here talking to Drew Rosso and Elon Fields, who are providing us with the millennial perspective on the legal industry. So let's continue. Gentlemen, here's a grab bag question for you. We just talked about current trends in the legal field. What event, trends, products do you think will most affect law firms 20 years from now, when I'll be about 86? Drew, you're first. (laughs) You know, I have to say the cloud. I think the cloud is still up and coming in terms of its potential. And I know there's been a lot of risks and stories that may go against that, but I still think there's a lot that we can learn from it. I still think there's a lot more potential for its uses. And there's been a couple things where I've started to see some virtual law firms pop up and virtual businesses mm-hmm. come about. I'm yep. not sure what Elon has to say on that, but that those those are my two cents. <laughs> now the cloud thing is, I think, especially in an industry like legal where there's more of a cultural lag, I think, than for general business people. This notion of the cloud, I think, is something that attorneys are still adjusting to. But go ahead, Elon. What do you think on this topic? I would say artificial intelligence will continue to dramatically affect how legal work gets done. Increasing automation of legal tasks 
promises to increase efficiency and help law firms provide greater value to their clients at lower costs. I think the rise in AI-enabled systems will help lawyers modernize their legal practices, alleviate them from routine and tedious work, relocating time for lawyers to engage in the more meaningful practice of law. And I certainly think that this will lead to changes in configurations of law firm structures and their economic models. And you think artificial intelligence could be used in the access to justice construct as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it has huge potential for it to uh, essentially you know, help democratize legal services and, and bridge the gap between you know, the, the private bar, the legal aid community, and the folks who need civil representation. And so we'll talk about what that looks like in a second, but in terms of like current applications, how is it that access to justice groups can get access to, see what I did there, these technologies that would cost a large law firm even a lot of money? How does this thing get funded? You know, you bring up a, a most certainly a challenge and a barrier to bringing. Yeah, sort and of it's probably technology. an open question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it most certainly, and it's it's a barrier to bringing modern technology into the legal aid sector where funds are already limited, and you know these offices are already you know again underfunded and under resourced. So it's coming up with sort of creative strategies to bring in different stakeholders to provide funding for these programs, whether it's from federal programs or private foundations or state funds, but also looking at how. Yeah, all the partners can work together, you know, give this technology access um, to the people oh, yeah. who need it most. Absolutely. A work in progress. All right. So, Drew, let's get to something that a lot of people are talking about right now. There's a lot of interest in this idea of autonomous technology. So personal assistance, driverless cars. How do you think that's going to affect the way that lawyers will practice law in 2037? You know, as long as they're not smarter than us, then we're good, because I don't want Skynet coming up in here and, you know, trying to ruin everything we've done. <laughs> but That's um, a fair point. I like that. You know, I think I think it's a good question, at least when it comes to the smart devices uh, that we've started to see with the Google Home, the Amazon Echoes. I think from a personal assistant point of view, I'm not too sure on driverless cars. Maybe Elon may have something to say on that. But the personal assistant, I think the boundaries are, I guess, unlimited. I think the potential is just so great on how they can be used and utilized in a firm or a business. And, you know, I've started to use the Amazon Echo in our practice. I use it for calendar. Oh, you have? And, uh, oh, interesting. I have. Um, the Amazon platform has started to release certain applications or uh, plugins that work within the Gmail calendar or the Outlook calendar that make it a little bit easier to kind of track billable hours and and your schedule. So, you know, there's not too much out there, but it's starting to provide more ways for attorneys to kind of stay remote, work remotely, and, you know, practice more efficiently. And, you know, it does tie back into the security conversation we were having earlier on on privacy and the risks associated. And, you know, I I think the way attorneys could practice law in 2037 or whatever year it may be, it's going to be totally different than what it is now. But it's definitely hard to say. Yeah. and, And the data security issue is interesting, too, because these are autonomous devices. But as an attorney, you still have to maintain control over how your data gets used or applied in these devices. And that's an important thing to consider. So, Elon, in 2037, let's talk about what the landscape will look like in the access to justice community. How do you see access to justice being changed by technology 20 years from now? 
That's a big question. Um, I, tr- I trust you to deliver on this. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, Today, we're, you know, we see technology changing traditional ways of providing legal services, and this has led to greater democratization of the industry and has brought about an ever-continuing search for better and more efficient ways of providing legal services. Innovative legal delivery models will provide an array of solution tools, both human and technological, that will produce efficient, cost-effective, and risk-appropriate resolutions to client challenges. I also think that there'll be a rise of alternative dispute technologies, whether Mm. private sector offerings or government offerings, legal disputes are moving toward automated online systems. And in the efforts to close the justice gap, I most certainly think technology will become an essential tool. Yeah, I think that's a good point about alternative dispute resolutions, because litigation is so costly and time consuming. That seems to be a great place for access to justice proponents to work in. All right, we did it, guys. We're done. Zagren Evans would be very proud. And when I say that, you guys have no fucking idea what I'm talking about, do you? Um, All right. In any event, that'll do it for another episode of the Legal Toolkit. I will be back on future shows, of course, with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks to Drew Rosso of Gregory M. Gant Company, LPA, and Elon Fields of Gideon for spending some time with me today. Elon, can you tell people how to find out more about you and about Gideon? Sure. Yeah, to learn more, please check us out at gideon.legal and email us at info at gideon.legal if you have any questions or to request a demo. Awesome. And Drew, how about you? How can people find out more about what you're doing and also about the Gant Company? Sure. Well, first off, I want to thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. And I think, like you said at the beginning of the show, uh, we are located in Dayton, Ohio, and you can contact us at 937-227-3554 or visit our website at dayton-lawyers.net, or you can simply visit my official Facebook page at facebook.com slash Law. Um, we are very mobile. We are on the Internet, so we are easy to find. Dayton, home of the Dayton Dragons, am I right? Yes, sir. I'm surprised you know that for a small little minor league team. Oh, man. I've been all over the country. How are they doing this year? Good? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll let you know when I go to a game. (laughs) (laughs) I live in the office. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's fair. All right, everybody. Go check out what Drew's doing. Go check out what Elon's doing. And get your season ticket package for the Dayton Dragons. Thanks again to Drew Rosso of Gregory M. Gant Company LPA and Elon Fields of Gideon. Finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. And remember, if you ain't first, you're last. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.